Okay, here we go. The Panamaga Show. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch your radio dial. The Panamaga Show. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and last go. Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show. You know, at the end of a hard work day, recording podcasts that are broadcast all along America uh, on the internet and the like, there's nothing I like better than a cool, refreshing bottle of Snapple in a glass container. Now, they're not a sponsor, but I thought I'd mention that anyway because I really, really like them. And the other thing, I always like to go home on a hot winter's uh, evening. And uh, <laughs> just that'd be a hot winter's evening? The hot tube of Quaker oatmeal, oh. a mailing tube. I can't tell you what happens after that. <laughs> we're going to have episode 47, whether you like it or not. And we're happy to, well, I'm going to introduce the guests in a second. But first, let me say that we are sponsored by Dr. Robert Leonard, also Dr. Matthew Lepresti. Those are the surgeons, the main guys at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates with six offices. Call 1-800-GET-HAIR. Leonard, Hair Transplant Associates, we grow on people. <laughs> <laughs> Also by MyGrandmas.com. That's where the world's greatest coffee cake is made and distributed with delight for What's you. That? What's the number, Mikey? <laughs> 1-800-8-GRANDMA. Call that number. Tell her I said hello. Also, Joe Fish Restaurants, where some of our guests eat if they're hungry, if they like seafood. And speaking of guests, aside from Ben Kitchen, who's always here, and mm-hmm. Smitty, who's always here, mm-hmm. and me, who's always here, the guy who's... Not always here. Who's here now is VB. Fe- now, round of applause. Fe- <laughs> okay, good. Now, just so you know, his. Can I use your real name for a second? I'm sure. You don't care. Doug Gowdy. Okay, Rowdy Doug Gowdy. Uh, not any relation whatsoever. In fact, different spelling from the broadcast sports legend Kurt Gowdy. You don't know that I'm not related, though. You're related to Trey Gowdy. That's the guy I like. Little trivia. Yes. Kurt Gowdy's wife and my mother shared a maternity ward twice. We used to get her cards. She would get our cards. There is every reason to believe that babies were switched. I could be a Kurt Gowdy. He does Howdy, look like, Mrs. Gowdy. He does look a little like that's Kurt a true Gowdy. story. Twice, St. Elizabeth. Yep. You should find out. It's better mysterious. Well, but they'll put, then, they'll <laughs> put, then I can't use the line if it turns out to be not true. When they bring back American sportsmen, you'll be the first guy on. <laughs> I might have fished with Ted Williams if that's I'd played right. my cards right. Oh, you heard that Ted Williams right. fishing story, right? Which one is that? The one where he's out there with American sportsmen. He's with Kirk Gowdy. They're filming, and, and, and Ted's saying, I'm the greatest goddamn fucking fisherman in the history of blah, 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 you know, blah, blah, blah. And then the camera guy goes, what about Jesus? And Ted go- takes a couple seconds. He goes, oh, yeah, you got to go pretty far back, though. I'm <laughs> 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 giving an inch. So VB's on uh, WRKO. In the middle is the broadcast. It's noon to 3. On 680 RKO. I listened to you today. You sounded great. And uh, who's the girl with you? What's her name? Uh, Lightning. Lightning, right. <laughs> right. A lot of beer. She's got her own beer blog. She does? Oh, yeah. And she's a beer. Sounds like a dream girl. Speaking of Ted Williams, we did a thing on our show a while ago, Brushes with Celebrity. Yeah. Guy tells me a Ted Williams story. When he was a kid 50 years ago, Ted Williams lived on Foster Street in Brighton. Ted Williams was moving into the building, and he sees the kid and this other kid going, mm, Mr. Williams, we're big fans. He goes, really? Got a good job for you guys. Third floor. I need these boxes going up. <laughs> Ted Williams had him there for three hours sure. running couches and chairs <laughs> and up. They, they couldn't have been happier, these um, they weren't. Ha- they were up until the last load went in. The box went in, and Ted Williams shut the door, and that was it. They didn't even get an autographed baseball. Uh, nothing. Not even a moxie. Oh. Nothing. 
that's worse than Yaz. <laughs> I mean, Yaz goes into to the uh, what's that meat market up in North Andover? Butcher, butcher boy. boy. He goes in there. He takes you know fifty pounds worth of meat out of there. What would Yaz say in that uh, in that place? He said, "I give me four of those steaks over there, and I want five of these hamburgers. <laughs> give me fourteen pounds of this uh, pork chop ribs over here." Charge him to Mr. Yorkie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, he was a racist anyway. So. Now, uh, so, um, Doug, not, no, VB, VB, Virgin Boy. I used to listen to you back in the oh, I go way back. You know, when you, when the, the Virgin Boy thing was the thing that called, that, that's how you got to be VB, right? You were my, like, my second big break. Howie was my first break. But then you actually yeah. put me and Butchie on TV. Do you remember well, this? No. Oh, yes. I did. I don't think people realize. Like, these oh, is young, it on a neckin? Yeah. These young whippersnappers like Kitchen, I don't think they know. I was know. so high that whole time. I didn't remember who was on the show. You, Smitty you would remember, but they don't. You were groundbreaking, and I'm, now it's going to sound like I'm greasing the Now host, I'm windbreaking. Well, you watch TV today, local TV, and what do you think? Ugh. Anybody going to take a chance ever? It's do something cutter, different? Yeah. You were light years ahead. And what happened was, you know how this goes, is. There's a shelf life to that, and then we Shit, yeah. then we <laughs> tamp that down. He, you know what killed my TV career though? High def. I mean, come on, <laughs> well, that's true. Like that's you right. fought it the minute Most, that happened. It was I a was valiant fight. Back in radio again. Do you remember the the famous? Somebody just put it out as the best moment. Super that guy, Super Seventy Sports, put it out as like his favorite moment in TV broadcasting history. It was when uh, Jim Rome was interviewing Jim Everett. Oh, and he yeah. jumped over the counter. And he kept calling, calling him Chris. Chris. Yeah. He said, "You do it one more time, you're gonna forget right. it." And he flips the table. Right. Do you even know where I'm going with this? Is this the Heather? Yes. Oh. Yeah. So he works with Heather Kahn, who was was uh, hot. I was gonna say iconic news Sweet. anchor. Nice. <laughs> but her, her name was Heather Kahn. So that night to promote his show. <laughs> He's right. in the kitchen, right. which is even smaller than this room at Neckin at the time, because right. Neckin was smaller than this room. Yep. But he's in the kitchen at a table like this, and Heather Kahn, who never did any of this stuff, nope. walks in, and Graham goes, What you having for lunch? I'm Graham, excuse me, you, yes. Adam. What, you, what you having for lunch, Shaka? And she turns and says, you do that one more time and you'll regret it. And he goes, okay, Shaka. Shaka. And she came over and flipped the table on you. It was phenomenal. That's the type of stuff you would do on a daily basis. Heather, I always liked Heather. Love Heather. She was a delight to work with. I met her once. She was just terrific. Yeah, she's like that. And it was great. Well, the thing is. Adam's ran her. That's what happened. There was only so many of those that she could do. And then she said, I'm getting into the medical profession. No, Charlie Kravitz, the news director there, the next day said, you know, don't include our anchor people who are supposed to be reputable news people in your in your bits, you know. So the next night we showed Roy Hobbs. He had, <laughs> he was eating pizza, waiting for his cut in, and we went to him live. Well, we, it wasn't live; it was tape, but. We, we, we said, now let's go to Roy Hobbs in the newsroom. And he's sitting there chomping on peaches. <laughs> it was gross. We used to also take satellite feeds from people oh, who yeah. didn't know they were on. <laughs> like, let's go to our Japanese correspondent. Wimbledon you used to do all yeah. the time. Yeah. Let's go to the guy. And then you would do a British accent for the guy That's who right. wasn't talking. That's right. And we'd super them with fake names. I'd go, let's go to One Hung Low, our Japanese <laughs> correspondent. And he'd be over there going, and I'd be talking back to him. This was the 80s. None of that would work today. Yeah, of course, no, no, but no, no, then, no, no, no. but you took. They just said, "Don't burn the place down, and we'll just right. ignore you." It was basically, live. and you yeah. did it because it was live. And they, they would say, "Like if we had a guy, let's go to uh, Nils Flurm in in Sweden now for an update." And here's a guy standing in front of a fishing pond. He doesn't know he's on. He's clearing his throat. He's like, mm-mm. you know, coughing up loogies and stuff. <laughs> oh, 
It was great because they didn't care what we did, and that was a license to you know to do you know, whatever. When you compare that type of television to the crap that's on today, everything is scripted and contrived. It's oh, we just, had no chance for a script. And it's so we, boring and everything. Wouldn't you think a show like that again today would be a big hit? Well, I don't know because now that's the same thing you're getting on the internet. But this was on cable TV. It was it was weird. We but, used to have live weirdnesses all the time. You know, midget drunk wrestlers from Maine. <laughs> Yeah, that, but you weren't going to get away with that. But now, but what you did have and you got was, we don't need to take ourselves too seriously. Can't yeah. can't possibly Can any we... of that stuff. When was the last time you watched that today and said, See, "Oh, knew. they're not taking this too seriously"? VB, it's I knew ridiculous. we were going to our technical side of things were going to suck so bad. We we're going to make so many mistakes that night. If I didn't make fun of ourselves right away, then everybody else would. You know, I wanted to beat him to the punch of making fun of how bad we were. You had the producer that used to come in. His his sole job, as you had ordered him, was to just come in and be really angry with you. Eric, yeah. And he was phenomenal. You yeah. know what he's doing now? Eric Evangelista. He's uh, got a company called Hot Snakes Media in New York. He did Amish Mafia. He's done a lot oh, of shows. Yeah, he's that... done a lot of reality shows. And uh, he's doing very, very well. How come everyone that worked for you <laughs> is doing went well? on and is doing <laughs> much better than you? I know. They, When's they, my break going to come? That's the only reason the, I'm doing this. Sucked all the energy out of me. I got nothing left. Uh, VB, well, he's on, got a coffee cake for you. Don't yeah, worry. Oh, right. I know. Right. And it's the greatest coffee, is, coffee cake in the is. world. Uh, now you 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 do a lot of uh, political stuff, but you pride yourself in being. In fact, you name yourself in the middle because you don't you don't want to be committed to the moonbat left wing. You know, seventy uh, percent Massachusetts population, and you don't want to be committed to all oh, Howie Carr's best friends on the right, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm mostly right, but I'm more in the middle of the day part. We have these two Cooner and Howie <laughs> heavyweights in the morning drive and afternoon drive. I'm in the middle. I'm at noon. So you don't try to be centrist politically. He's the glue that brings it all together. Thank you, Smitty. That's well said. Yes, I need that to be the slogan of the VB's the glue, the That's one you snuff right? Uh but yeah, no, look, in this the challenge these days is that you you have to pick a side or else maybe you're the worst of all the enemies, right? Yeah. Because we don't like the guy that I can't put in a box and know exactly what he is, but you gotta call him as you see him. I'm so. a centrist libertarian, uh, which means I'm a social moderate and a fiscal conservative. And wherever those two can meet is where my happy zone is. Uh, ben, on the other hand, is um, he's a little bit left to center. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Smitty, how I'm about you? I'm learning my ways. Center um, right? I'm uh, center right. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you're 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 <laughs> whatever a guy tells you, he's center right. That's like the gambler who's about even. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure, you are. That means hard right. It's... Okay. Uh, Trump 2020. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. He, he so didn't want to do <laughs> that, but yeah, you're not fooling anybody, Smitty. <laughs> no, but I think there's a place for centrism in, in this. Day I don't know and if age there right is now. actually. I don't. Well, if you can negotiate both sides, and you're you know you're rowing the boat without tipping it over, sort of, right? I just want people to realize that you know. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. You know, so what you think what you think, and you you believe what you believe. But why is where'd the hate come from? That's that's what puzzles uh, did, me. Did you see the Ellen thing? <laughs> Ellen and George Bush. Yes, and, I did. Uh, yep. and then her speech, which I, my reaction at the first time I saw it was like, 
Is this where we've gotten in 2019 where someone makes the most banal of points, like, oh, I can be friends with this person I disagree with, and everybody goes, oh, my God, it's you brilliant. Can... And then okay. the next day, those guys that can't help themselves, like Mark Ruffalo, goes, no, I can't put up with it. No, he's a killer of yeah. children in right. Iraq. Right. And you go, you just go, you're kidding me. Getting along is stupid. Right, she, exactly. She, I'm against that. that. I don't. Yeah. I, I fight that vociferously. I don't want to be friends with anybody. Now, how did you get along with uh, the morning crew on Fox 25G? And uh, and Sarah, and who's that adorable weather Cindy, Cindy Fitzgibbon. Yeah, Ador- she's adorable. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think she really is. But how did you get along with all that group? Because that was a good gig for you. You were like it was the- great gig. Yeah, great gig. You were Fantastic. all over the place. Yeah, no, it was great. Well, we did a little bit of. I was inspired by a guy who used to watch a neck in at night, so, and I realized you <laughs> yeah. could actually take chances. Do you know that I was the first ever sports anchor on Fox Twenty Five? Yeah, that's true. Pre- before actually, Butch, yeah. before it it became- me and Heather Kahn and Tim. Um, you know, she was there too. Yeah. Here's yeah. an observation, though. That I think this is part of what made uh, what you did so attractive is that you had radio training first right. before you went to television. Yeah. Think of the people who have nothing but television uh, experience first, and then try radio. Well, he, it's VB entertainment knows. in the in the in the in the form that it's purest form, which is like. You know when you when you see these TV people now, they all they all look the same, cookie cutter. They got the same hairstylist. And they all they, talk they, the same. They way. say the same kind of crap. <laughs> what's refreshing on TV? What you were doing is uh, here's a guy that's actually a human being. Yep. You know, doing some TV for us. It's radio. Yeah, radio on TV. You got to be real on radio. Yep, that's how you can. I, I love when it's a good group though. You know. They they want desperately to be genuine, so they take courses in that. Right, <laughs> like they send them to school to. My name's Phil Tompkins, and I will deliver for you. And you're like, man, <laughs> here's how we do that. Forcing the genuine. I can't stand it. It's like it. learning how to be a salesman. Yeah, with, with a handbook. Yeah, exactly. Right. But at least you expect it there, right? Yeah. What You know, what, it's like when I used to sell bag? cars. When I used to sell cars, it's like, I, you know, you hear the people say, what can I do to get you in this Ford Focus today? <laughs> and, and in my mind, I'm thinking... You could shut the fuck up and leave me alone. <laughs> you know that's what I'm answering, so I don't ask that question. You avoid it. Hey, we have a sponsor called BetOnline.ag. Oh yeah, what is that? It's BetOnline.ag, and we know that uh, the football season is. Uh, this is where I make most of my money. Yep. Sure as shit is not from this podcast. How'd you do this week, Mikey? Uh, I was okay. You know, I, I was okay. I bet on the Bruins. <laughs> I just bet on the Bruins every game. Uh, every spread, every total, whatever you want, it's going to be on betonline.ag, and that's where you want to go to do your betting because it's fun, and you can get your 50% welcome bonus, or as we say in German, your 50% willkommen bonus. And uh, that's on your first deposit, by the way, to bet your college or your professional games. Who's you know Whatever you want to bet, you can bet all kinds of things. There's props, there's side bets, there's spreads, uh, there's uh, uh, teasers, you know, the whole thing. Sounds like my love life in high school. <laughs> uh, the fastest to market odds, updates, and payouts with the new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to the website and use the code BEN. CLNS50. That's CLNS50, because he sometimes spits when he says his mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, You get your 50% bonus. Remember, betonline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Um, we have VB here. He's in. The, am I resetting again? Yeah. You don't reset podcasts. Do you? you don't need to. Because VB isn't, hasn't left. No, he hasn't left. <laughs> He's still He's here. Back and they're not tuning in in the middle. Now, you heard about LeBron today. Of course, you probably talked about it. Have you ever heard of LeBron? It, it, 
<laughs> the name rings a vague. I don't I like it earlier. I'm not good with names. <laughs> but <laughs> could there have been a more obvious? I mean, like, I'm going to give you an assignment to be as hypocritical <laughs> as you possibly can. Okay. You can't out LeBron LeBron. On yeah. That, right? I, this was unbelievable like how bad this was. Yeah. It was. And, and it was double down on it. It was terrible. And he made himself look, with all due respect, like a guy who just barely got out of high school. Yeah. Because of. That's the fact. They have they were recruiting him when he was nine. Yeah, you know, at his house, he knew he was never have to go to college. But why should he have to say anything about anything like this in the position he's in? Why does he have to talk about? I think he sees China? the NBA as as the authority figure, the father figure, the the leader in but, his life. Maybe but to what end, though? I well, mean, they're all just, interested in profit. How about it? no comment? That, well, that would have been a smart thing to say. No, you got to understand, though, it's also, as much as it's an NBA thing, it's also a LeBron thing. He wants those people yes. to go see his movie Space Jam when it comes out. Yeah. He wants them to buy his product. He's huge there. Yeah. So as much as it's him and Adam Silver calling in a favor, like, hey, LeBron, can you help us out with this and wash it over with? He's doing it for himself more than anything because wow. that's a lot of money he stands to lose if the whole NBA is basically banned in China. He could have handled so that So there's something in it for him. Uh, but he tweet, you saw it. I mean, he tweeted last year during the height of uh, Black Lives Matter. Remember when they were wearing the T-shirts and all that? Right, right. He tweets out, we begin to die when we stay silent when we see injustice. Yeah. 18 months later, shut your yap about China. I'm selling <laughs> shoes over there. Like It's unbelievable. My new, new LeBron James shirts are coming out next month. <laughs> but you know what happens is like, Again, if I put on fake glasses that I don't need, yeah. I look really smart. And With if I no drink lenses. wine on the way into the game, I'm really smart. And cultured, yeah. I think he thought, like, oh, then this means I am that thing. Yeah. And he decides to do it last night. I, and he yeah. couldn't I have been he's worse. he's a fraudulent douche. And, I, and, you know, I watched him sit in courtside, watch him against the Celtics. He was with Cleveland. And every time there was a call, he'd go over to the ref and bend the ref's ear about what the, why that wasn't a foul or oh. whatever. Like, shut up. You know, you're making more money than anybody else. You're considered to be the greatest player in the world. You yeah. don't have to keep bugging the refs. And he's already Elvis. Why push it? Yeah. You know, I interviewed only one time uh, Michael Jordan. Yes. And uh, we didn't talk about basketball, really. This was at the Hall of Fame game in Springfield where they, the Bulls were the champions, so they came and played a Hall of Fame game. And they sent me up to interview, you know, do a story on Michael Jordan. So I did it as if he was Elvis, you know, because – uh, he, he said, he's like Elvis, really, you know. And so I get him in the locker room and I say, is it the shoes, Michael? <laughs> he looks at me, he goes, it is if you believe it will be. And I, okay, I said, I was expecting that answer. I said, or is it, is it the Gatorade? <laughs> he goes, well, that too. He look, and now he's looking at me like, what's wrong with this guy? I said, or is it the underpants? <laughs> <laughs> he looks at me, he smiles, he goes, a lot of options. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. Yeah. I said, I'm done. I got up, walked away, and I, you know, that's all yeah. I needed from him, really. What am I going to talk about? Oh, good game. It's, that's it's perfect. Yeah. But isn't that what happened with LeBron? Like, LeBron wants to be Bill Russell. He wants to be bigger than all that. All of that stuff. Yeah. So, this was his chance. So, I'm going to speak for the league because I must do this thing. Oh, God. <laughs> and you couldn't have failed more miserably. But he's like an air I, ball. He said, I don't, at a free throw line. He said, whoever talked about it wasn't, it wasn't educated. Or, you know, yeah, they have, it, misinformed and not educated on the issue. And then today we find out it looks like he would talk to Silver about getting the guy fired. Yes. How's that a good look? <laughs> He's got something going on in China. A lot of options. A lot of options. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I want to ask you this question because I saw this on the news today. And I like, I like VB. I listen, you know, VB's a thoughtful radio host. Yes. He's not one of these guys who just, you know, blah, 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 blah. He thinks about things. Yeah. And his Twitter follow is good. It's at VB. 
The wise. The wise. At VB, the wise. And I right. tend to agree with that. Are supermarket aisles racist? Yeah. This is a, I was explaining this to someone today. You saw this, right? So the theory is like, I, I say like Goya products. Like, So why aren't the Goya beans next to the, the B&M beans? beans? Yeah. Why do they have to be in uh, international foods aisle? And the, the article in the Lowell Sun that you're referencing is that they're there because the white man is ostracizing them. Holy and shit. And so you're supposed to feel inferior when you go all the way over to that aisle. Yeah. And supermarkets are doing this <laughs> to let you know white man products yeah. better. Yes. And I'm like, did somebody put this in print? They they did publish them. Yeah, so the aisles now, you've, you, maybe because you don't want to pick through a zillion kinds of beans to find the Goyas you use for your Mexican recipes, so you want to go to the Mexican aisle, right? Well, also, oh, but if you're in the Goya... I don't want to have to go to 30 different aisles to get the Goya stuff. I want Goya right. there together, right? That's right. It makes it easier for sure. But again, like, did you saw the one the other day? SpongeBob's racist now, yeah, too, right? right? right, so, right. <laughs> we have a thing. What's racist today? Because it's you're racist. Right. The craft brews are racist. The MFA's racist. SpongeBob's right. racist. Oh, the MFA, maybe. Now, if they had a pinata, you know, and people were taking siestas in the Goya aisle, you might say, well, okay, I get, I get what you're saying now. But it's a place you go to get the food. It's like common sense here. That, what about you want Asian food? You're you going to mix it up with the other food? Well, Chinese food boxes are racist. We found that out with the Herald yeah, about that's two right. months ago, yep. right? You're, Don't you want it? But isn't it fun? This is what I like try to tell my it's audience. It's a like, dumbass concept. But don't get burned. Below, like, don't let it fry you. Like, what are they going to do next? What's the next one that's racist? Yeah. Like, is this shirt racist? My sneaker? Yeah. What is it? What Hockey. are they going to tell me next? Hockey, I'm sure they is They play racist. on white ice. That's now he's thinking. So you can almost beat him to the punch. How much white ice and just a little black puck? Hey, hold on. on. It's a white... There's a little black puck on the ice today. It's the same old game as yesterday. Puck as yesterday. But how about this? I've seen it before. It's nice. No one knows police (laughs) around. Lyrics, I told you. Underrated band. Yeah, yeah, well, I met them. I met that band, and I met him back. All three of them. Met the police plenty of times. Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) Best line of the night. No, it was backstage in 1981. It was the police and the Go Go's, and I was on stage introducing the Go Go's for WCCC Hartford, and uh, the police were standing backstage. And I told you, Sting was kind of a dick, and the other two guys, Andy and uh, Stuart, Stuart, Stuart Copeland, tremendous guys, tremendous guys. And when they played at Fenway a few years back, I don't know. They were great. Yeah. What I about mean, the Go Go's though? They, I Talk saw to me. I saw them in partial state of. <laughs> I know, but undress. you've got some stories about I, I, female I rockers, you know, right? I do. So I do, but <laughs> <laughs> some, some well, this them, is the Connecticut days. That's some, like that was another century. Some for of them God's might sake. even go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this That's year. What I'm hearing. <laughs> no, but I, but the thing is, the Go Go's were in a semi state of undress. They were getting dressed, for, you know, and I'm oh. like standing in the room in their they were in their bras and undies, and I was like, this is crazy. I said, my lips are sealed. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Vacation is not all you ever wanted. <laughs> oh, there he goes. Uh, so, okay, so we talked about that. Prune Whip. You mentioned Prune Whip today Did you see Twitter. this today? Yeah, I saw it because <laughs> Dwight D. Eisenhower, I guess, made a list of his favorite desserts. And Prune Whip was number one. Kitchen, have you ever heard of no. Prune Whip? No. That sounds terrible. It's exactly what you think. You take 15 prunes, you put them in a blender, yep. mash them up, dump in some Cool Whip, basically, and some <laughs> confectionery sugar, and you've got Prune Whip. Right. But Eisenhower... Apparently loved this stuff. Well, he liked to keep the line moving. It was know. one way to pass the time, right? <laughs> right. 
Yikes. I'm all backed up. I'm all jammed up here. And you know, Mamie's Mamie. like, I can't give him any more of this stuff. He's going to be in there for hours. <laughs> Mamie, I need more prune whip. I'm all backed up. But you know what? If anyone deserved it, it was Eisenhower. He could have it. Whatever Ike wanted, I guess. After what he did. So. Yeah, he's a 10-star general. Right. He won the war. Or whatever. Now, what is your what are your thoughts on the vaping thing? Because this is a you see my vaporizer right here. I quit cigarettes three years ago because of this. And it's it's helped me a lot. Now you know Charlie Baker says we can't do this. Well, is that Captain Cinnamon Toast Crunch in there? What do you got? This is just regular. I love how he like pretends like he's gonna look away and then just blows it right yeah. on you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, this shit won't hurt you. I maybe, but I <laughs> secondhand vape. Charlie, don't you find it? Do, do you're, you want... you're worse off smelling someone's fart in the men's room than you are this. Are those my? Is that a zero sum though? I either get the <laughs> fart or the vape. Like, or the can other. I just you smell regular now? now? You've gone the into... snapples. Fine. Like I don't feel like I have to go that way. You've gone into the men's room when it smelled. Right? I'm the, I, so I got to smell Ike pruner. after he had prune whip or you after you vaped is what you're telling me. I, I, I don't know if that's supposed to be so chunky. Uh, <laughs> I can oh, need some God. more prune whip. But, so let's get political for a second. All right. Charlie Baker, who's made it his mission in life to not ruffle any feathers, not mm. really do anything. Right. Just smile, have my favorability numbers. Happy Rhino. I don't get it. He decides out of nowhere I'm going to be... Xi Jinping on vaping. I'm going to order it shut down without he giving the anybody. Gun. Where? What? What happened? No. I think he jumped the gun. He got freaked out by some of these health reports, and he Somebody just talked him dropped the hammer. Yeah. And now he's realizing not only there's going to be lawsuits, but maybe what he did was unfair to people who need the medicine, not just the vaporizers from the dispensaries, but the people who don't want to go back to cigarettes. Yeah. Or maybe he's thinking maybe if they go back to cigarettes, we'll make more revenue from cigarette taxes, Mister <laughs> Could be. I don't know. I don't know, but this. If I could tell you, the, if I knew definitively the world would end in a month, would you go back to cigarettes? If you knew it was going to yes, end in a like month? definitively, no doubt about it, December 12th, 2019, the world will end. Would you go back to cigarettes? Nah, I'd start banging cocktail waitresses three at a time. <laughs> Again, I don't, does it have to be a choice? <laughs> you, you, you might need a smoke yeah. after that. Yeah, maybe don't they don't like when you smoke, you know? I'll just Usually think. smokers say absolutely. They're, they're all in on that. I'd say, I would. I would I would kidnap the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders if I if you really knew the world was going to end in a month. <laughs> you know he reminds Should I me. Even be talking about this. You know, he remind me of Mike Hargrove. Do you remember Mike Hargrove, the, the Indians human manager? Yes, 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 yes. So Mike Hargrove is coaching the Indians, and they win the ALCS to go to the World Series, which they then blow against the Braves. So he only started smoking. Ninety-five. So it's it's the ALCS. They've just won it. They're on the field, and I don't know who it was, Buster Olney or whoever it was at that time is on the field. And says, in your wildest dreams, Mike, could you ever imagine this? And without missing a beak, Mike Hargroves goes, let me fill you in on something. My wildest and dreams involve Cool Whip and Pam Anderson, so this isn't even close. <laughs> on live TV. I forgot it was about unbe- that. It's one of the greatest sports quotes, and they, like, yeah. he, he, it is the almost the pinnacle of his you know managerial yeah. career. That's and he goes to a ready whip or whatever he said, like, <laughs> and Pam Anderson. And, and you know, the great. Ready Whip's better, too, because it uh, has nitrous oxide in it. You, you know, <laughs> you can do that. What, what's Jeez. that called? Yeah. Whippets? Puffing? Yeah, whipping. Yeah. Yeah. Laughing gas. Um, okay, you went to, I, I got a whole bunch of things here. You went to Bonnie and Clyde's Graves? Absolutely. For what? Because this is the American greatness. When I travel, which my wife's getting me into this more, went to L.A. this spring. First stop, Bella Lugosi's grave. The great, the one and the only. My one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, had to go pay my respects to Bella. Sharon Tate, right next door. Right, well, buried right next so door. So you better believe I'm like, wow, this is not nothing. Yeah. And then one row up, there's the Tin Man, Jack Haley. Yeah, 
I mean, come on. He's that's a the, triple. He's from Dorchester. I know, but he's buried out in L.A. It was at Glendale, I think. But how's that they for a triple? they got to move him back here. He's our tin man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the tinsmith forgot to give me a hot. <laughs> I always said, I said to my mother, Mom, what's a hot? <laughs> no, no hot he pepper. said hot. Hot. So, yeah, we went to Texas a couple of weeks ago, and we went to see Bonnie and Clyde, of course. Now, they're separated, but there's a big push on to move her, as was her wish, to be with Bonnie, my predi- or to be with Clyde. Clyde my prediction Barrow. is within five years that will happen. And then there'll be a, a reuniting of a bone hug. The, the, the bones will hug each other. <laughs> that's just, But that's kind of like macabre to go... To, to go to the graves of people like that, isn't it? Well, I, mean, I went to the two... Uh, have you ever been to Ben Franklin's grave? I went to Hamer and Galt, who were the two Texas Rangers that got Bonnie and Clyde first, ah. and I paid my respects, okay. of course. Oh, yeah. I thought it was Milton Clyde. Is, are Bonnie and Clyde the most famous criminals in the history well, of this John country? Well, John Dillinger. I went to Dillinger's when the Patriots were in the Super they had Bowl. To, they had to get a whole separate He's grave... He's in Indianapolis. They had to get a whole separate grave plot just for his penis. <laughs> Did you hear about him? I did. Oh, is this a thing? On. Dillinger was well hung. <laughs> I did not know Look this. Look it up. I mean, uh, well, this... I don't really want to Google that. I feel I'll Google it on mine. I don't care. <laughs> was Dillinger well hung? John How do we verify that Dillinger. in like 1930? <laughs> well hung. Well, no, it's it's a famous in the FBI story. You know, my first my... thing that comes up: John Dillinger's legendary penis. Read it. Read it. Go ahead. Tell him. <laughs> read the penis. He's going to do an hour on this What's tomorrow. On this? He's going to do an hour. And now, I, ben <laughs> I feel like I need to go back to the grave well, now. You know, my... Look at that thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that a gun in your pocket, Dillinger? You're just well, happy you to know, see me. Your, your real name is not VB. It's it's Doug Gowdy. My real name is not Mike Adams. I don't know if you know this. But I Are you really? You're going to reveal this? My real, name, my real name is Peter Cockman. <laughs> Peter Co- Cockman? Is that no, the whole I'm thing? I'm kidding, of course. I was Dale Denver for a while. They issued me that name. That sucked. Dale w- Denver? Dale Denver. W-P-O-P. Hartford. <laughs> Why do they do like, I worked with a woman who was Anne Francisco. Yeah. Like, who thought, yeah, that's going. <laughs> that's, that's brutal. No one will forget. Um, so, oh, wait a minute. So you're, would, you're giving me guff about going to see Bonnie and Clyde, but then you jumped on the opportunity to tell me about John Dillinger's manhood. Well, because my da- I feel like we're not that far off, actually. <laughs> Fascinating times. My dad was in the FBI, and he said it was a famous FBI story that yeah. the people talk about. Dillinger was the first public enemy, number one. But he, I think Bonnie and Clyde well, may Melvin have been Purvis more, killed uh, That was awful what John Hoover Dillinger. did to Purvis. Right in, front of the, uh, the right, right in front of the movie theater. They came out. The buzz on the street was that the famed escape artist would lose Consciousness when aroused because of massive blood flow required to support his member amorous encounters. So I'm reading see? a book right now. My, I went to see Bella Lugosi. I also went to see Karloff, not his grave because he's buried in London, but I went to one of his houses that he lived in. Boris Karloff. Karloff was reputed to have a similar Dillinger-like thing going yeah, on. Yeah, seriously, I, I heard that too. Yeah, but now whether it's just because he was Frankenstein, Frankenstein. or not, but <laughs> this was pre. I'm reading a book about him. Uh, right it's an add-on. It was an, it was an option. <laughs> Should, should we put a big? Yeah, I'll go in? with a large. Why not? Sure. That's, <laughs> we might have to take a couple neck bolts out. But if, if you're making it, doctor, sure, you might as well go big. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you know this, but I'm a Lyft driver now. You know, <clears throat> I'm not proud of it. How is that not a cable show? <laughs> like, never mind cash cab. Just you in a cab. Tell you something. You, the people I pick up, it should be a cable show. Absolutely. I drive a Lyft vehicle, and I'm I'm going for the trophy. Greatest Lyft driver He starts ever. talking. The next thing you know, you're in Maine. The guy's like, I just wanted to go to Dorchester, but I could easily see that. <laughs> Should we drop off the girl now? <laughs> All right, here's the thing. Today, I picked up two. Now, I don't know. Massachusetts is 
rich in Brazilians now. Yep. Were you in Framingham? If you go to Framingham, yep. if you go to Milford, if you go to Marlboro, I, I mean. The Metro West area. Brazil. It's mm. little Brazil now. And it's and I like the Brazilian people. They're very nice. I don't speak a word of Portuguese. See, si. But I picked up a, a. I don't believe that. Maybe the most beautiful Brazilian woman I've ever seen. She didn't speak a word, speak a word of English. I mean, I, t- I took her where she's going. She gets out of the car and she bl- completely muddles. Thank you. <laughs> I said, what? Is that Portuguese? Say, she didn't even know what I was talking about. She got, but I'm like, okay. The girls, the women are hot. The Brazilian women are hot. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Then I pick up this guy. I don't know if he was a carpenter or something, a Brazilian guy. And I took him like 28 miles. And the whole way, he's like <laughs> coughing up <laughs> deep throat snots. In and the back balls. seat of that beautiful car. Brazilian Bill Belichick. So I don't want to be, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be like stereotyping people. But if you, if you just came here for the first time and met your first two Brazilians and they were ones I drove today, you'd say, okay, the girls are hot. The guys have snot. <laughs> and you'd be like, done. You'd say, that's, that's a complete synopsized version of Brazilian people. But we all know better than that. Yeah. I've picked up Brazilian people at bakeries, and they smell so good when they get into the vehicle. Those are the muffins. You feel like you're on a roll at that point. <laughs> on a roll. Oh, no. God. No. <laughs> Don't get me going on bread jokes. I mean, I, I have a very wry sense of humor. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like a heel even I knew you'd rise to the occasion. I'm sorry. No matter how you slice it, though, when I, I, mean, I loaf around the house all day. I don't know. I like think of these things. What am I going to say? <laughs> um, but... Uh, the, this is not again to stereotype Brazilian people because I really I don't like, feel like the you women. Have yet you just said the women are good looking. They're hot, and the guys like to do snot stuff. They have snots. One guy. Well, it, again, uh, small sample size. Yeah, very. You know, unlike but, Dillinger, <laughs> very big sample yeah, size, large, large. But I mean, how many how many guys do you know that were number one most wanted? Let me ask you, Adam. Think Whitey was hung like a like a Shetland pony? No. I don't know this, but I'm just going to guess. <laughs> Let me ask you, and then Ben, too. Uh, I, you, you do the Bill Lee stuff, for example. You're known for your Bill Lee, right? Well, he's one of my best friends. Right. So is he the answer to this question? We were talking to, I was talking to a buddy of mine about this. There's a reason why it came up with him, but what was the first sports jersey you ever owned? Oh, God. I don't know. Joe Namath, I think. Number 12? Yeah. But I was a kid then. Sports jerseys. But that's were... what it is. That's when you're getting into, yeah. you're like, Dad, or whoever, can I get that jersey? And your dad's like, you're out of your mind. You know how much those things cost? But you just keep being that gnat, and eventually yeah. Christmas comes around, and at least Santa was paying attention, and yeah. you might have got the jersey. <laughs> so was Joe Namath? Well, I think so. I also had a, a football jersey that was number 69, but it, I didn't know anybody named that was number 69. I just liked the number. <laughs> because upside down, in is the mirror, it, it also <laughs> said 69. Yeah. So, you know, I go why you liked it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, just the palindrome. I'd hang it. from the ceiling and I'd say, "Oh my God, it's the same upside down." Did VB just say palindrome? <laughs> oh, someone pa- wants a who wants a palindrome? Well, sixty-nine By the way, in the mirror would be right front to back. A numerical ben, pa- palindrome. Ben does not have a palindrome. Do you? That have is one? outrageous. I'm sorry. Do you have one? As a player, my favorite palindrome, like Jim Otto, you always have referenced, right? Jim Otto. That's the joke of Stiglione. Mm, there it is. Steve Otto. We he's pitching. Here comes a two-till pitch from the soft-throwing left-handed palindrome. While the pitch is on the way, he's saying this shit. Right, here's my palindrome for the day. Ready? I feel like a Brazilian. <laughs> so while Ben did not have one, you do have one. I have two. I, go, right. I brought one for Ben. Smart. Be Ready? Prepared. Tracy, no panic in a pony cart. 
<laughs> I don't know why I like that one so much. Uh, and here's my second one. Marge, let a moody baby doom a telegram. <laughs> okay. A moody baby, though. That's fits, that fits right into the conversation. Who, who's the author of that? A moody baby is a good name for a band. It doesn't matter. It is. Yeah. So you, when you went to uh, uh, off the mornings into the midday, and Jeff Cooner took over, what happened to Kim Carrigan? She's, uh, there's a Bloomberg station out of, I want to say, Newburyport, and she's been working there, kicking ass from what I've been told. TV? No, radio. Radio, It's a news station. She's doing well? That station does very well, and she's doing very well. She, I always thought of her as... She's doing very well. Of course she is. Well, better than me. I'm driving a freaking lift vehicle. Kim Kerrigan's always going to do well. (laughs) Is she really? Yes. I thought of her as maybe she might have been captain of the cheerleaders when she was a, in, in high school. Cheerleader. or uh, She also reminds no, me of No, but I'll tell you one Grown-up Tinkerbell. This was, Grant, uh, you, <laughs> Adams will make this something that it's not, but she went to the University of Missouri. I don't know why I'm telling Kim Kerrigan, but she went to the University of Missouri. And when she was there, she was asked, there were some recruits coming in or some people that were looking to go to Missouri. She was asked to squire a young Brad Pitt around campus. And How so about that? She spent a half a day with Brad oh. Pitt trying to sell him on Missouri. Holy. And I think how, he, how I think he went she, to Missouri. How hard did she sell? I, I, Clearly he went there. I only know that she has told that story before, and I don't think anything untoward. I think they did I, have to go to dinner, though. I'm pretty sure she would probably be bragging about that. I would think. I, I don't know. I he might. Did you know that Brad Pitt backwards is dark tip? Yeah, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> didn't know that. Dyslexia won't not quite leave me the, alone. Not quite the palindrome. Hey, Doctor Robert Leonard is uh, uh, one of the sponsors of the show. I want you to know he replaced all my hair with my own hair. Look at that head of hair, VB. I asked him if he could find some porcupines and put porcupine pricks on my head so I'd be more up to date. They're yeah. called quills. No, I did, no, but he meant the other. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay, porcupines sorry. are like Dillinger. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the pricks on the outside. Right. Oh, I, no, but you know what? The thing is, Dr. Leonard really did a good job of my hair because most people don't have any idea that I had a hair replacement, except that I tell them in these commercials. But uh, I'm telling you from the heart, this is the very best group of permanent hair restoration people you'll find. They have six offices. Uh, the VB of hair restoration? The VB of yeah. hair restoration. <laughs> <laughs> Virgin boy. Uh, here's what you do. You uh, look them up in a phone book. No, you, you, what you do is you go on and you go, HairDR, H-A-I-R-D-R.com is their website. And you'll find that they have an office in Warwick, Rhode Island, Newton, Massachusetts, Braintree, Boston, Worcester, Salem, New Hampshire. Call 1-800-GET-HAIR. Tell them you want your free, no-obligation consultation. And tell them Mikey Adams sent you and that you love, love my hair. And the podcast. And that you love the podcast. Right. Episode 47 featuring VB, the only, the one and only from WRKO in the middle. VB in the middle. And by the way, you should follow him on Twitter. Um, we have a little – Ben's brought a little music, 70s and 80s music quiz because we like to make sure when our guests are here after a long day at the office that they're still awake. <laughs> 70s and 80s? Ooh, I'm well, more of an I'm, 80s guy. So I'll do 70s. 80s. Yeah, I like my 80s chances. I'll get 10 out of 10 in the 70s. Who's your number one uh, guilty pleasure band before we do this? Mm. After Captain and Tennille? <laughs> I said guilty pleasure. ABBA. ABBA? Is it? <laughs> Let me hear a little ABBA. Uh, well, I can do them talking. Porky, tiki, barky, dirty, barky, tiki, pock, and beagle, mom, grain, much coffee, cake, and yinkle, barky, dee, good Dr. Leonard, dude. So it's just because they're a palindrome you like them? 
That's part of yeah. it. Yeah. And just, they even did the bees. That he he really out. likes the, the, uh, yeah. the Swedish chef. That's right. That's all. <laughs> yep. Very much so. She all right. Hot. 70s versus 80s. Who okay. would like to go first? Let's let VB go first. should, yeah. All righty. Was it just to name that tune or name the artist or what do we Nope. After? I'm going to ask you music trivia <clears throat> questions. All right. <clears throat> and you have to get them right. Sometimes they involve <laughs> lyrics. Other times they involve where the placement was on the charts or whatever. What hit song by the Kinks had these lyrics? That's where the big bands used to come and play. My sister went there on a Saturday. Come dancing. Wow, he's got the melody and everything. Yeah, and I even knew that. That's where my sister used to come and play. You keep track. Not a great Must have been Not a top ten King song. No, and I liked when they did Destroyer. And they got up on stage in Springfield Civic Center. And he goes, met a girl called Lola, took her back to my place, feeling guilty, feeling scared, hidden cameras everywhere, stop. And he, the lights went out. He walked, they all walked off the stage for like five minutes, and the place is rocking. People are lighting lighters and stamping their feet. They after a costume change, they come back five minutes later. And, and pick he, right up. He goes, hold on, stay in control, jumps into Destroyer. Knocked everybody out. Oh, it was that was a good idea. True showmanship by the long-tongued Ray Davies. Not that he punches brother in the interim there. Dave. Yeah. No, Didn't, they, weren't so. they always fighting in stage? Yeah, they, I don't think they were physical. Oh, I think they were. Really? Yeah, yes, I absolutely. They were like the Gallagher's. They're worse. They, the Gallagher's wish they were the Davies. Yeah. I think. And they didn't fight when I watched them. They were pretty. Uh, they were pretty good. Mellow. All right, I'm up one nothing on you. That's not for long. <laughs> All right, going to the 70s this is going to be easy. Which band, and you've probably heard of them, released their final album in May of 1970, a month after they officially broke up? The Beatles. Oh, look at that. It's that, called that, the Hometown Advantage like right there, getting that one. Really. Exactly. I think tuck. you're right. What was the name of the album? It was Cool Let It Be. Back to the 80s. What? <laughs> I don't know. He didn't. Yeah, Paul wanted we got to call no it something bills. else, but I said, no, we're going to call it Let It Be. And Ringo said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> what was the first album ACDC released after the death of lead singer Bon Scott? Don't look like you know that, Adam. Do. You don't know I that. do. I know that one. I'll go back in black. Yes. Yes. That's what, exactly what I was going to say. Was two for two, though. But it wasn't your turn. I it was my turn. I, 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 80s. <laughs> is everybody in this room ACDC a top five band? Are we all? I love. Them. I would say like, that. Back in Black is the one. <laughs> yeah. I uh, mean, can you name a band? You, that... you know what you get when you cross Billie Jean King and Bo Derek? Why? I'm afraid to ask. DC Ten. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. ACDC. Yeah. Your turn. Okay, moving on. <laughs> this beautiful song, written by Roger Nichols and Paul Williams, was initially featured in a TV advertisement for Crocker National Bank. In 1970, the Carpenters recorded a version of the song, okay, and it became their second million-selling single. Can you name it? We have only just begun to live. <laughs> That's like Paul. White less it under paramuses. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's how Paul Williams used it? He's in a great uh, show now with... Um, Billy Bob Thornton called Goliath. It's on Amazon. It's great. He looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy took his shit. <laughs> well, he's Paul, a lot older now, but it's good acting. That was microaggressive. Paul right? Williams. Wait, doesn't he, though? He's dead, isn't he? Great career. No, he's alive and well. Yeah, I, don't, I feel like that. you almost need to apologize I'm to sorry, Paul, Paul Williams. Paul, if you're out there we listening. We love Paul Williams. I'm sorry that I said that, Paul Williams. And not only that, he's a multi-gazillionaire. 
because of all the songs he's written. This is not my problem, man. By the way, the Kinks documentary, Do It Again, did you see that? No. You should see it. It came out about nine, ten years ago. My cousin directed it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Robert Patton Sproul. I love the Kinks. Sunny Check out that documentary. What is your favorite? Smitty's a big rock guy. What is your favorite Kinks song? <sighs> I feel like it has to be You Really Got Me, right? Superman. Da, 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 da. I mean, I know Van Halen's version was better in a way, How but about that so, song. So tired. Was tired so, of waiting for you. Well, the thing about that, I was, was in that a, the Kinks? I was in a high school band at that time when that song came out, and I remember... When that guitar solo came out, yeah, no one had played anything like it right. before yeah. that. And that one solo, every guitar player I knew in the whole world played it. Everybody that, oh man, that's unbelievable! Yeah. It was great. It was quite the thing to. But oh, ben, great. Eddie Van Halen took it too. They were great. Another level. Quite some other place. This should be a pretty easy one. Back to the 1980s. What 1983 Tom Cruise movie featured Bob Seger's old time rock and roll? <laughs> I, I know this. It's not your turn. <laughs> I'll go risky business on you. Bingo. See, VB doesn't fuck around. He knows what he's talking about when he does his shit. The score is three to two. You know, they say Thank Van, you, Don Pardo. Van Halen once said you can't get romantic on a subway line, but risky business proved that to be not accurate. Proved ah. it, it wrong. I'm ready. In which year did these songs all appear at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart? Blinded by the Light, Dancing Queen, Hotel California. 76. And you light up my mm-hmm. life. 76. Ah. Oh, man. What? 1977. I'm going to tell you that... It... <laughs> <laughs> Good argument, you're on. What were they again? Blinded by the light. Yes. Dancing... Manfred Mann. Dancing Queen. The ABBA. Hotel California. Right. The Eagles. You light up my life. Debbie Boone. The, those were hits that were across both the December of the prior year. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, look at the release date on, on he Hotel. He said when they hit number one. He didn't say when they were first. It, it said in which year did, did they these all songs number all one? appear at number one? Mm. Don't try and dance your way out of it. You got it wrong. Move I on. think 76 is still a correct answer, you <laughs> cocksuckers. <laughs> <laughs> the score remains VB3, All right. All Mike right. 2. I still think I'm right on that, no. but I'm okay. I'm going to play under protest. Probably the easiest We're gonna one for We're going to give VB the, the cake anyway. <laughs> for what group was Rick Ocasek the lead singer? Dig. Do you, hey, you you had the easiest one to begin I with. I partied. I told you I partied with him backstage. He, he's dead now. Uh, the, uh, the the underrated, automobiles, the very underrated cars, <laughs> and you can only think of uh, Ben Orr. Loved him. Yeah, but you can if if ever one song when when you hear a song, you immediately go to movie. It's not Bob Seger. It's the Cars. When you go to Fast Times at Ridgemont High, yeah, right? yeah, that life's the same. When that kicks in, you go right to Phoebe Cates. They were a great band. I was happy. They to... were a very underrated band. When was the last prior to the passing of Rick Ocasek, the sudden unfortunate passing? When was the last time you're like, oh, I should listen to some Cars? But then you went when back. When Ben Orr died, yeah, which was a while ago, way long time ago. But you yeah. go back and you look at their stuff. They're a good library. Man. Yeah. Great stuff. Who's going to walk you home? All catchy. Back to the 1970s. Yeah. Terry Jacks. Season of the Sun. Come on. That's a a top five song Which of these songs was his biggest hit? Come on. There's only one, right? It was a piece of shit. (laughs) That was an easy one. Come on. Hello, my childhood friend. The score (laughs) is four We've been together since we were nine or ten. Canadian, I believe. 
I told you when I was at ZOX. Am I right on this? I, I believe so. I believe Canadian, Terry Jacks. We went on the air one day because we'd been playing all this classic rock way back in 1986 or something. So one day we decided we would ask all of the listeners, what's the most popular song, the most requested song? Call in with the requests. We thought it would be the Beatles. We thought it would be Led Zeppelin. We thought about all these different bands. It was Terry, Terry Jacks. Jacks. Seasons in the Sun. You Piece are correct, by the way. of shit. Canadian. Winnipeg. Hello, my friend. Ready? It's time to die. Touch <laughs> of Touch of Grey was this band's highest charting song on the Billboard Hot 100. I it Grateful should have Dead. been Alabama Getaway, right? Yeah, Grateful Dead was that, Touch of Grey was the. But did you? Well, you're raising your hand now. Yeah, that I, was I, for me, and I'll take it. Was it your right. turn? Yeah, yeah, it was. That's right. Did he get it right? Yes. Yes. What did I say? You, we both you got it right, say, but oh, you get Grateful no credit. I, you're I like the guy on Jeopardy that buzzes, but you don't get called on, and you blurt out the answer anyway. <laughs> I like, raised my hand. Back to you, Mike. You don't need to raise your hand for this one. Ten CC had a hit in 1973. No. Oh wait. No. Let me finish the question. The things we... 10CC had a hit in 1973 with a song about a prison riot. What was it called? Attica. Attica. Oh, I'm surprised no, uh, at you. 10 oh. uh, uh, It was... Uh, things we do for love. No, no, no. 10CC. <laughs> it, was, it was a big hit. It was. It was... Five. Uh, uh, Four, big, mm, big, bo- three, uh, I don't know. Two, one. Rubber bullets. Oh. I don't remember that. You know, my favorite ten cc song is. Um, I don't like reggae. I love. What is that called? Uh, I don't know. The utterings of a madman. <laughs> well, that's my favorite one. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for listening. That's good. <laughs> okay. All right. In 1986, <laughs> which Billboard Hot 100 number one song was by the Bengals? Got to be Manic Monday, I'm guessing. Whoa. Uh, oh. Like an Egyptian. For bonus. For bonus. What NFL player is in the video? Ooh, At the uh, time, NFL player. Uh, Garo Yepremian. I'll give you a hint. He was a New York Jet. I don't know. Member Mark of the, Gastineau. Mark, yeah, yeah. Member of him. the sack exchange. I hate him. He ripped a microphone out of my hand one time down in a jet stadium. It's a long story, but I'll get into some other. You but probably you about the Egyptians. It. You know that in the ancient times, the Egyptians used the bladders of sheep as, as uh, prophylactics. Did you know that? Yep. <laughs> and then it about, yep. you know, then they figured out later that it was probably better to remove them from the sheep first. Yeah. Oh. All right, let's get through this quiz, you sick bastard. Which 1970s group originated such songs as Make It With You, Baby Bread. I Want David Gates and Bread. Bread. Alrighty. We're doing bread jokes again, VP. Now hold on. Strong pull by you though. The mm. score is 5 VB to 4. Am I losing this? Yeah, you're losing by one when do point. I, when do we call this fight? Right. That's soon, I hope. Because we, we, we've got this soon. What was the title of the Pretender's debut single featuring the lines, Gonna use my arms. Gonna, gonna use, use my, my legs, legs. Gonna use my style. Gonna, gonna use, use my sidestep. Oh, sense. Gonna of, use my fingers. Gonna media. use my, my, my imagination. Whoa, cause I'm gonna make you feel right. Whatever Everybody else I'm special. It's called so special. Brass in pocket. Oh. I never knew that. Yeah. I Brass never knew that. Very good. The score is it's now. It's not like having John Dillinger in your pocket. The score is now tied. 
All right, we'll just do one more. Well, wait, wait, how did how did he get that point? That question yeah. was for me. Oh, that was for you. Yes, I lied. I stole it <laughs> again. I know, <laughs> Mikey, for the steal. Six to four. All right, one more. Wait, each. He, you don't give him that point. Uh, I was getting to brass and pocket. He didn't say brass and pocket. He was singing the song. I am the judge. I have decided. All right, in 1979, which duo had the Billboard Top 40 number one hit? No more tears. Enough is enough. Donna Summer. And which duo? Uh, Barbara Streisand. No. Was it? Very good. God, Mike. Very good. Disco is my life. I've never heard of that song, I don't think. In 1980, who had the Billboard Top 40 pop single number one hit? Funky Town. Won't you dig me, too? Oh. The Funky Town. I can tell you who did this. I got this. Yeah, I'm going to give it to you. Wasn't Leslie Gold? Darlene McCarthy. <laughs> Anyone? Leslie Golden, what's her name? Had that show, and they used to play that as their, as Funky their opening. Town. Boy, I don't know. I got it. Lips Inc. Yes, oh, sir. Nicely done. Oh, yes, sir. Lips Incorporated. So, very good. Hold on. Now, yeah. does Mikey get the point for that? I'm. That's impressive. That means we're tied. We're tied. Now we got a sudden death. Sudden death. Whoever answers it first. Yep. Okay. All right. Ready? Fine. Uh, you got to ring in with the, the thing. <laughs> which? Just say it faster. <laughs> which band released songs such as Crazy? You sure fooled me, and what you do to me. Crazy, you sure fooled me, and what you do, what you do to me. Come on, Adams, it's stay not, with me. It's not hard. <laughs> crazy no, on it's you. Not. That's crazy on you. Crazy, crazy? Cool. Patsy Klein, not that. Not that one. Boy, this guy's good, though. He remembers the old oh, yeah. shit, too. Yeah. Give us another question. Yeah, give me another hint on that group or that band. Just the get rid John of that. John Hall Band? John nah, Hall Band get never getting in there. No. That's just, that's a I bad don't know question. any of those three songs. Don't ask that question again. All right, ben. fine. Last question. <laughs> Minus one for the guy. Je- Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship, Starship, whatever you call them, they had a number one song in 1985. What, why, you why built this they? city. We built. Yes. Done. Suck on that ass. All right, there it is. You like apples? <laughs> How do you like that, Snapple? <laughs> <laughs> we built this city on rock and roll? The yes. biggest piece of shit they ever did? And the Nailed winner it. is VB Wins. Uh, let's give him a cake for my grandma. Right. <laughs> Thanks, VB. Thanks for being here, too. We had some fun. You beat Adams. You're showing the door quickly. Yeah. No, no. That's the game over. of the Our podcast done. Show's over. Our time is up. Our time is up. You had a chance with Tom Young or whatever that other one was. I, I never heard of that guy. How about that John Hall band That question? thing. Yeah. I know Daryl, his brother. Ben, ben what pulled that, that from you know his brother Daryl. Sphincter. No, John Hall's brother. He does, brother Daryl. No, John Hall was in the group Orleans. Daryl Hall. No, I know Daryl Hall. I know him personally. You're, and still, you're still the one, Orleans? And, and yeah. don't forget their guitarist, Jeff Southworth. What's Orleans' big hit? Still the one. What else? They had two. Dance With Me. Wow, look at you go. I, don't you dare. I am not going there. <laughs> well done. We're going to finish with some Castiglioki because that's what we do. Our thanks to VB in the middle. Let me check, see if Joe's up in the booth. Hold hey, on. Joe, are you up there? Are you ready? I'm taking a dump. Well, we got to do the song. I'm taking a dump. All right. All right, I'm ready, I'm ready. Thanks, Joe. Where's the toilet paper? The toilet paper. We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Because your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. Say, we can go where we want to, a place where they'll never find. 
and we can act like we come from out of this world, leave the real one far behind, and we can dance. I'm dancing over here. Are you okay, Joe? We can go when we want to. Night is young and so am I. And I think I just went right in my pants and it's running right down my thigh. We can dance if we want to. Dance like nobody will. <laughs> and you can act real rude or totally removed.